Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Are you happy today to be in the house of the Lord? Come on, shout unto the Lord with the voice of triumph. Hallelujah. Oh, we bless you. We bless you. We bless you. We bless you. Praise God. Praise God. I have felt the wonderful joy and presence of the Lord in this place already today. Amen. I felt like running a while ago. Amen. Now, how many of you would run if you could run? Let's quit talking about what we could do. What can you do? You have a voice and you have hands and you have arms. You may not be able to run, but you've got something to give to the Lord in praise. Oh, come on, let's do that today. We ought to be glad that we've got an opportunity to be in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah! Oh, yes, we love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Praise God. The doctor made the mistake of telling me he didn't think there was anything I could do to make it worse. So I thought I might run, but then I thought better of that, and I'm just glad the Lord gave me enough wisdom to do what I can do. But I'm glad you're here. Why don't you take a moment? I want you to find three people, and I want you to give them the biggest Holy Ghost grin or smile you can give them. And I want you to tell them how good it is to be in the house of the Lord with God's wonderful people. Amen, 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 amen. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my soul cries out, Hallelujah! Oh, yes, 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 yes. Hallelujah. Well, some of you are getting into it. I'm thankful. I do encourage you to come join with us this evening uh, at uh, Green Acres, Brother and Sister Green's compound out uh, on the river. We're going to have a great time. I think they've got briskets and all kind of sides and trimmings and then dessert. And my wife fixed her bread pudding this morning, so I know somebody's going to want some of that. And I've heard some of the other desserts You don't want to miss that. And then we're going to close it out with the big fireworks. I think they said over 2,000 large explosions. Now, if you're a man, that ought to. (laughs) So it's going to be a wonderful evening. If you need directions, I'm sure there's somebody that can help you find the location. Uh, Food will be served around 5 o'clock. If you have your Bibles for a few moments, we're going to take a journey, and I want to tell you, I've got one of those wild spirits on me this morning, and I have no idea 
it came on me last night in the prayer meeting and uh, I, I just I hope I can behave a little bit today but I just feel like God has something special he wants to say to us today as it's already been mentioned this coming week is our national holiday celebrating our freedom and what a blessed freedom we enjoy today and I am grateful for that Uh, it is freedom to do and become and go freedom that I cherish and that I pray that you cherish as well I do fear that uh, some of the things that are happening in our world right now are threatening that freedom and I would pray for our nation and our rulers and I would ask you to do the same may we never lose the meaning of freedom what it means to truly be free and enjoy the blessings of God as we do today let me read to you some of the most powerful promises in the word of God we're going to take a little journey from John to Galatians to James It'll be on the screen so you can read along with us. Let's begin in John chapter 1 and verse number 12. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, underlined that he gave them the power to become. The power to become. John chapter 8 and verse 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And he goes on to say in verse 36, If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. Amen. John chapter 10 and verse number 10. The thief cometh but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 1. Paul said, stand fast therefore in the liberty or the freedom wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. What is that yoke of bondage that he was talking about? Maybe we'll understand that a little later. Stand fast. The freedom wherewith Christ hath made us free. James chapter 1 verse 25. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful doer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. And again in James chapter 2 and verse 12, he said, So speak ye, and so do, as they that shall be judged... By the law of liberty. Amen. What a powerful 
combination of words that are brought together to help us understand a very important thing that God would want all of us to experience today. For a little while, I want to talk to you, and this may not be the best title, but I want to talk to you about something better than life. Something better than life. Everybody say amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. When Jesus spoke the words that he did in John chapter 8 about knowing the truth and the truth would make them free, the Jews that were hearing him misunderstood what he said. They did not grasp the true depth of his meaning and they proudly declared that we be Abraham's seed and were never in bondage to any man. The irony of that statement from a people that had spent 400 years in bondage on one occasion and 70 years in Babylonian captivity on another occasion and yet they have the boldness to declare that we are Abraham's seed and we have never been in bondage to any man. Now, it is evident to me that people that are in bondage usually live in a state of denial that they're in bondage. People that are bound and they are fettered by habits and issues and problems tend to have an attitude of denial when it comes to truly acknowledging who they are, where they are, what's going on in their life. And so today, I know at the very beginning of my message, I am going to have to overcome that kind of thinking in some of your minds. Because some of us sitting here today, we look like we're free but we're not truly free indeed. Amen. Truly free in reality. That's the word indeed. That you can know life, but not really know liberty. Amen. And I can prove that, that you can have life without having liberty by taking you to John chapter 11, the story of Lazarus. Most of you are well versed in that particular story. It's been preached from many times from this pulpit. But when Lazarus died, his friend, they called for Jesus to come, hoping that there would be a better outcome. And for reasons unknown to them, Jesus delayed his coming. And when he finally arrived, as you well know, they they announced to him that he had been dead for four days. He's already been put away in the grave. And Jesus has this conversation with Mary and Martha. And we've talked about how one of them lived in the past and one of them lived in the future. If you had been here, oh, we know that one day he's going to come up. And Jesus tried to bring them into the present moment and the present reality of what he was about to do. 
And so in that moment, uh, he, he, he brings to them this opportunity of really understanding what real life is, what true life looks like. And so he asked them to take him to the tomb and they, they bring Jesus to Lazarus' tomb and standing there he weeps and uh, there are many reasons perhaps why there was such emotion. Uh, my take on the emotional outburst there or the feelings that were conveyed was not just because he was a friend and he had familiar uh, sympathies for the loss of a friend but it's my belief that the reason that he stood there and wept is because he knew what he was about to call Lazarus out of and back into he was calling him from a paradise and a place of rest back into a place of turmoil but that's another message altogether And so they bring him to the tomb and he cries out, Lazarus, come forth. And I don't know, somebody said that there was about 29 paces from where he was to where he had to come to get to where Jesus, that would be about the distance from this wall to this pulpit. Now I know that you're aware of the story of how they wrapped the bodies when they buried them. They put around them the bindings and the herbs and the spices so that it would help preserve them to some degree. And so when they call, when he is called forth, here comes Lazarus. How long does it take for a man to get 25 paces? I'm alive. I have life in me. I was dead, but I have life in me. What's wrong with this picture? The problem with that picture is though Lazarus had life, he did not have liberty. And you can live and not really be free. And there are people sitting here this morning that are perhaps in the same condition that Lazarus was in because we're not a whole lot different than that man. Now he was bound because he died. We can become bound because of the things that we do in our life. Come on, brother Ryan, he's going to help me. I want to go back to the first law of mention. The word liberty. The first law of mention of this word is found in the book of Leviticus. And it is there that the Lord gives to Israel a powerful promise concerning their life and their future. And it's in chapter 25 and verse number 10. And this is what it says. And you shall hallow the 50th year and proclaim liberty throughout all the land unto all the inhabitants thereof and it shall be a jubilee unto you and you shall return every man unto his possession and you shall return every man unto his family. Why would God give his people that kind of of of, of word? Why would he give them that kind of instruction? Because God knew 
that man's habits have a way of binding him. And so if you can imagine a man's life beginning, and every year, every time he turns around, there's another mistake that this paper will hold together, and I'll stay still. Just imagine this is your life, and every year that you live, you make one mistake, and then you make another mistake, and then you make another bad choice, and another decision that maybe you shouldn't have made, and and life just keeps going on. I'm alive! At least it looks like I am. God help this paper hold together. You're ruining my illustration, paper towel. Come on, let's help him. Somebody help him. Somebody pray for me right now. Yeah, here we go. Just go around. I'll just turn around. How about that? Just don't pull it. Don't do nothing. Just Let's just turn around. All right, this is mistake after mistake after issue after issue after problem after problem after anger after lying after cheating after doing things that we knew we shouldn't have done. And here I am. I'm alive. You got me taped up. Here I am. This this is you too. This isn't just me. This is my life and your life. When year after year, issue after issue, we have a way of being bound up by pride, by hate, by jealousy, by bitterness. We make bad choices. We make terrible decisions. And the next thing you know, this is what we look like. And the Lord saw his people and he said, I want to give you a way out. I don't want life to be like this forever. I'm going to give you an opportunity of a lifetime. Now remember, this came once every 50 years. Now to us, 50 years is a lifetime. Maybe to them it was not. But on the 50th year, after seven, seven, seven weeks of seven, after this period of time, the Lord said, there's going to be a day. It's going to be on the 10th day or the seventh day of the 10th month, whichever one, it was going to be on a specific day that a trumpet was going to be sounded. And when that trumpet was sounded, all of God's people would know that today is the day of Jubilee. What is Jubilee? Today is the day for all of these things that have been wrapped around my life to be unwrapped from me so that I have an opportunity to start over and to have a fresh beginning with God. That God gives me that privilege of coming to a place where I can push that button and I can start over. God hands me a clean, unused piece of paper and said, okay, here's for the next chapter of your life. Forget what's been written. Let's talk about the new opportunity. And so with Jubilee came an opportunity for them to redeem those bad decisions, for them to redeem those poor choices, for them to clean up 
their mess-ups. It was an opportunity for them to reclaim everything they had lost. That in this period of time, if they got in a financial bind, they would sell themselves as slaves to one another so they could help redeem their lives, so they could live some kind of modicum of, of, of life. And yet on this day, on this 50th year celebration, God said, you're going to go back to the beginning. We're going to start over. You're not going to be bound anymore. You're not going to be in debt anymore. You're not going to owe anything anymore. You have a fresh start in your life. You have the opportunity to begin again. Every man, the Bible said, would return unto his possession. Whatever you've lost, he said, I'm going to let you get it back in that 50th year. Jump forward to the time of Isaiah. Isaiah picks up the pen of inspiration and he writes about the Messiah, the coming one who would bring to his people a new level of life. And this is what Isaiah said, 61 and 1, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. And he hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. And to proclaim liberty to the captives. And the opening of the prison to them that are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And when the prophet made that statement. He tied this promise back to that promise of jubilee. It was connected to that jubilee experience of having a new beginning. This acceptable year of the Lord was going to be that restart button in life. It was going to be that opportunity to have all of those things that have wound themselves so tightly around your life, have them broken free so that you can not only have life, but you can have life more abundantly. That you can not only have life, but that you can have liberty. Liberty is the freedom to move and be and do everything God created me to do. When Jesus came on the scene, he came into the temple or into the synagogue. And there in the synagogue, his ministry was just beginning. He talked to them out of this very same passage of scripture the Bible said he stood to read and they opened the book and it came to Isaiah and he read the spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek he hath sent me to bind up the broken hearted to proclaim liberty to the captives and to proclaim or to open the prison to them that are bound and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And something interesting happened here. In the Greek, it is in, in, it is indicated by the, the wording of the text 
that when the Lord made that statement on that day, he took away the time stamp on it. It wasn't a once in a lifetime thing that could happen to you, but it was going to be a daily opportunity. It was going to be a daily privilege for you to come to a point in your life where you realize I've made a mistake. I feel bound up in my life. I don't have the freedom that I used to have. I don't enjoy the liberty that I used to enjoy. And the Lord said, I want you to know that if you'll just come to me and repent and you'll ask my forgiveness, we'll have another jubilee celebration today. We'll start over this morning. We'll begin over right now. Somebody clap your hands to the Lord and let's give him praise right now. Oh, that we can learn the meaning of what Jesus said in that passage of Scripture. Because the liberty that he gives is the liberty to do what we ought to do, not just what we can do. It is the liberty to become. John 1 and 12, he talked about that we have the right to become. We have the privilege to become. To become what? To become everything that God created us and designed us to be. It carries with it this meaning. It means to arise or to accomplish or to become something or to be made something. It talks about development. It talks about granting. It talks about growing. It talks about making. It refers to performing. It talks about reality. It talks about what has happened in your life. And what has happened in your life is that he has given you an opportunity. Every time you bow your knee, every time you lift your voice and you cry out, God, forgive me. He said, all right, we've got another day to begin here. Let's start over and let's do it the right way. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The very thing that Jesus came to do was not just to give men life, but to give men life more abundantly. More abundantly. What is that freedom that he talks about? It is the liberty that only he can give. It is the freedom to become our best. The liberty which Jesus gives is the power to do what we ought to do, not just what we may be able to do. Many of you no doubt have roses in your garden or in your flower bed. They are supposed to be pruned at certain times of the year. You cut away the straggly parts of the shoot so that it will encourage a more full and robust growth. But why not let it be free? Why not allow it to just do what it wants to do? Why not allow it to just grow any direction that it wants to grow? Am I not restricting its privilege and its freedom by cutting away those things? If you know anything about roses, and my wife has a bunch of them, 
There are particular kind of roses that I'm talking about and referring to that if you do not prune them, they go back to a wild nature. It stunts the growth of the rose. The rose will not stay on the stem very long. They are fragile. They cannot stand the heat or the weather or the wind. Why? Because they've been allowed to just grow anyway. But if you come in there in February and you take those sharp pruning stick uh, sears and you cut away all of that excess, what happens is it stimulates a growth and the roses come out robust and beautiful and they come out the way they were supposed to come out the way you see them in the store when you go to buy them they didn't come that way without somebody putting some shears to them they became beautiful because of the limitation that God put on them and the limitation that God puts on you is called the law of liberty And you say, I don't like law, Brother Hughes. That's a conflict of interest. Law, liberty, thats it's insane. You cannot have both of them. But life tells me differently every day I live. Because every time I go to those roses, every time I go to those trees, every time I go to those plants, if you don't snip off some of those uh, things that are growing up, they're, they're called, what are they called? They're called what? My hearing aids. They what is, give me the word again. What do they call somebody help me? They're called suckers. What a name. Anybody have any of you got plant any tomato plants? Suckers grow out of a Y. And people that know how to grow real tomatoes like you get in the grocery store, will tell you that that shoot coming out of that Y is only going to suck up the nutrients but never produce the fruit. And if you allow it to grow, it will actually stunt the growth of that plant and it will not produce the fruit that it's designed to produce. So what do you do? You go in there with those sharp, well, I don't think, I, that hurt, that, 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 you, life shouldn't have those limitations on it. Well, just imagine if you followed that theory out in true reality, if your life had no limits on it. First of all, you wouldn't even be in this building right now. You'd be planted on the ceiling. If there were no limits on you right now, all of us would be scraping the ceiling right now. We have a limitation. It's called gravity. I'm thankful for it. I'm grateful that I'm not on the ceiling today. That limitation is not a hurt to me. It's a benefit to me. You see, in the world we live in right now, they've taken the word freedom and they prostituted it to mean anything they want it to mean. That nobody's going to tell me what to do and nobody's going to do this and nobody's going to do that. And the reality of that kind of life is it comes to nothing. There's no fruit that's born. There's no gifts that come out of it. But when God puts a boundary around me, when God puts some shears on me, when God 
God takes the snips and starts cutting away at my life. He is not doing that to hurt me. He's doing that to make me live and live more abundantly and have life as he wanted me to have it. And if you don't cut those things away, those suckers, they will completely damage the growth of your plant. And you'll have a lot of green leaves, but you'll have no fruit. Maybe that was what happened to that fig tree. Nobody wanted to cut on it. Brother Hughes, I don't want you cutting on me today. I don't want you messing with my life. I like it the way I am. Do you understand that I have no joy in cutting anything in your life? The only joy that I or Brother Long would have in doing what we do is not to hurt you, but to help you become everything God created you to be. And from our perspective as ministers of the gospel, we have an opportunity to look from the watchtower and we see the things that instead of liberating us, they actually bind us. The things that the world tells us is going to make us free, they only enslave us. And we come and we're limited and we've got bitterness wrapped around us and we've got hatred wrapped around us and we eat up with pride. We, we don't want anybody to know that we need God. We don't want anybody to know that it might help me to pray today and we allow those things to wrap themselves around us and keep us limited when God said hey I have a promise to you I'm going to give you life and I want to give it to you more abundantly I want to give you the right to become what I can become everything God created me to be in my life freedom to become your best That is the freedom that you and I should cherish today. The freedom to become not just anything we want, but to be our very best. Freedom is not from something, but it is to something. He brought them out that he might bring them in. Listen to me and I'm about to close. God is not trying to keep you from something. God is trying to get you to something. And what is interfering with that is all these wrappings that get wrapped around us on a daily basis. And we're like those that heard the words of Jesus when he said he that the son has set free is free indeed we're not we're not prisoners we're of the seed of Abraham we've never been in bondage to any man what is that there's nothing but pride ugly stinking pride pride is one of the most damaging things that I know of, perhaps of all the things that limit us. It's not always hatred. It's not always bitterness. It's not always anger. It's not always an unforgiving spirit. But I believe one thing that we all wrestle with at some point in our life 
is a spirit of pride. And I want to tell you what. Pride will do more damage to you than any cutting that the preaching might do on your life. Amen. Mm. It is eating us up in the culture in which we live right now. It's eating us up in the church. I'm not bound, Brother Hughes. How long has it been since you talked in tongues? How long has it been since you really prayed through? How long has it been since you had a, a spell where you just wanted to shout? Well, I don't need that. Oh, yes, you do. Oh, yes, you do. If you want to be the best that you can be. Well, you know what? I, I, I think that's just overrated. Overrated? Is it really overrated? That it's designed to make a better me? It's designed to help me get to a better place? And we allow pride to keep us locked in our pew, hiding behind our facade. We don't want anybody to get close to us. We don't want anybody to know us. We don't want any... We, we, we don't want anybody messing with our business. Woo, it's quiet in here right now. Pride. And it wraps itself around us daily, daily, daily. Service after service, we come into an atmosphere where there's liberty and freedom and we're standing back there and we're breathing. We're breathing. We're alive. But we're not really free. And the Lord said, oh, I want this to be a day of jubilee. I want somebody to sound a trumpet. I I heard the sound of a trumpet early this morning, Brother Clyde When they first started playing and singing in here, I felt the Holy Ghost move through those walls into my office. I felt the Spirit of God come into my heart and my, and let me know, hey, I got news for you. You can start over today. I'm gonna give you a refresh button. I'm gonna give you an opportunity to tear that page out and write a new chapter in your life. I'm gonna give you the opportunity to be free. Come on, let's stand to our feet and praise him right now. The power to become anything that God would make us to be, it is becoming what God created us to be. Amen. We have in our back flower beds, I don't know what it is other than some kind of invasive weed. I noticed the other day we planted a fig tree, fifth generation fig tree in our backyard and it was doing so well. But I looked at it the other morning early and I noticed that one of those little vines had reached out and touched that fig tree. And the next day, 
it was not just touching it. It had started wrapping its way around it. Now I know this much. I know that if I allow that to stay that way, it will continue to wrap itself and it looks so beautiful it's green and has a little purple tint to it and got these pretty little leaves on it but it's nothing more than an invasive binding weed that gets its life out of strangling your life And the only way to deal with that is to get those snips out and to get out there and start working on it and cut it away. I watched it in another area of the flower bed. It already had wrapped itself around these beautiful iris plants. And I noticed that none of them flowered this year. And very likely the reason that they never flowered this year is because there was too much competition. It was fighting to get free and couldn't spend that energy in producing flowers. And I'm here to tell some of you in this building right now that I love with all of my heart. You're spending your life trying to fend off these binding elements and you're denying that you have them in your life and you're saying, no, that's not me, Brother Hughes. No, that, that, that's somebody. You're not talking about me. I'm not pride. I don't have an issue with pride in my life. And the truth is, it's sucking all of the vitality in life. It is that seed that goes by the wayside. And it grows. But the Bible said that something happens and it does not produce fruit. And the indication from Scripture is that the reason it has failed to produce fruit is because the root system of that weed had wrapped itself around the root system of that good plant. And as that good plant was sucking up the nutrients out of the soil to produce the flower and produce the fruit, it was slowly sucking those nutrients out for itself. And the Lord said, I have news for you. I have a fix for that. I have a fix for that. It's called Jubilee. And he said, Jubilee is not something you can do once every 50 years, but Jubilee is going to be something I'm going to let you experience any day you want to come. Any day you want it. Any day you want to try. Any day you want to say, God, forgive me. I need to start over. God, I made a mistake. I I made a mistake. Help me. Forgive me of my sin. Any day you do that, God said, all right, I'm going to push the restart button. Let's try this again. And I believe what God is trying to say to some people in this building right now is he's giving you that opportunity right now to push that restart button. But is there anybody here willing to take his offer? 
Is there anybody here this morning that would like to experience a new life or a refreshed life or a revived life? Is there anybody here today that would just like to have an old-fashioned outpouring of God's Spirit on your life? Is there anybody here this morning that would like to just bask in His presence until He washes you clean and He cuts away all of those things? Come on, everybody. Let's pray right now. Father, in Your name, in Your name, in Your name, in Your name, your name and your name. Oh my God, my God, my God, my God, my God, my God. Oh, today, God, today, God, I want a new start. I want a fresh start. I want to begin again. Forgive me of my bitterness. Forgive me of my jealousy. Forgive me of my hatred. Forgive me, Lord, of allowing those things in my life that are just wrapping themselves around me and choking my life away. Hallelujah. If you've got shame, 